today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We've talked about COVID-19 and in the uh, residual effects it's had on just about every other part of healthcare delivery over the last little while. We know that surgeries, of course, had to be canceled. Uh, not non-life-threatening surgeries, of course. That is, of course, during the uh, the shutdown uh, some months ago, and uh, their backlog there is is monumental. Uh, doctors' offices uh, have been impacted by this, of course. A uh, number of procedures that are done, specialist appointments have been put off. Uh, it's it's really caused a, a great deal of turmoil within the medical industry, including uh, cancer care and cancer treatment. Screening for cancer has been delayed due to the pandemic, but is slowly starting to catch up. However, it seems as if they've got a long way to go on this one. Joining us to talk about this is Christy McKenzie. She is the uh, director of the Regional Cancer Program with Hamilton Health Sciences. Uh, Christy, thank you uh, for joining us. I'm glad you could join us on the program today. Thanks so much for having me, and it's uh, a fitting time to join you because, uh, as many people know, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and on top of that, this week is Cervical Cancer Awareness Week, October 5th to 9th. Excellent. Uh, well, we know from the past years, of course, we used to have walkathons and everything else, and uh, uh, to raise funds for this, uh, walkathons are out now too. So it's a it's a different world in which we're living, isn't it? It it certainly is. Um, but I think we're all trying our best and uh, trying to to make the best of the situation. We are uh, proud here in the Hamilton area, and I know down in London they have similar programs as well, uh, of the, the great and exceptional care that we have here for people that are, are dealing with cancer, living with cancer. There are support services, of course, and great work that goes on uh, here in this area, uh, Jurovinsky, and, of course, the research that's going on at McMaster University. But a big part of that, uh, every time we do a show, whether it's about colon cancer or about you know pancreatic cancer, whatever the case is, all kinds of cancer. Screening is the big part. Uh, breast cancer, of course, falls under the, that uh, that list as well. Uh, but screening takes time, and screening, of course, means that there have to be you know appointments made, etc. What was the status? Uh, how has how has it been for this pandemic era from uh, let's about February to the present time? Um, great questions, Bill. So let me um, back it up and really share with your listeners what is cancer screening, because I think that's probably um, a big question for a lot of people. The goal of organized population-based cancer screening is to detect cancer early, even before you have symptoms, in order to treat cancer early and have the best improved health outcomes. So in Ontario, there are three organized cancer screening programs. There's the Ontario Breast Screening Program, or OBSP, the Ontario Cervical Screening Program, and Colon Cancer Check. And these organized screening programs follow evidence-based guidelines for when and how healthy individuals should be screened or tested for breast, cervical, and colorectal cancer. And as you mentioned, on the onset of the pandemic, organized cancer screening was put on hold to really help decompress the health system and help prepare for an increased demand in hospital resources. Um, And so there was about a three-month pause in cancer screening activity from about late March until late June. And during this time, we would have typically done about 18,000 mammograms in our region, um, a little over 21,000 pap tests and 16,000 fecal tests in Hamilton, Niagara, Haldeman, Brandt. So right now, we're doing our best to resume activity um, and to catch up on any backlog that's that's occurred during that time. How do you catch up? I mean, there's only so many hours in the day. 
That's true. So what that means for, for listeners is if you've had a screening appointment that was deferred during the time in which screening was put on hold, now's the time to get screened. We've put processes and practices in place to help us catch up on deferred cancer screening. And what that means in some clinics, there's been ex- extended hours of operations on weekends and on evenings. Mm. Um, and we do, however, know that it's going to take us several months to catch up. The other important thing to, to share with re- listeners is we want people to know that we're doing all that we can to keep everyone safe and providing high-quality care during the pandemic. So that means that screening sites across our region, they've put in practices in place to keep you safe during your appointments, and that includes uh, infection prevention and control measures such as arranging extra space uh, to allow for as much physical distancing as possible and limiting the number of people in the clinic at one time, screening staff and patients for COVID-19 symptoms before entering the facility, um, and ensuring that you know proper PPE, personal protective equipment is being worn by by staff and by patients coming into the building, and then of course easy access to things like hand sanitizers at the entrance, and then it, cleaning in between every single patient, in between every um, screen that's done. Since we've been talking about uh, testing vis-a-vis COVID over the last number of months, and uh, there seems to be some some. Uh, discrepancies is misunderstanding maybe we should visit that when it comes to vis-a-vis uh, detecting cancer as well who should be screened great question so let me start with the ontario breast screening program yeah. so obsp it recommends that women ages 50 to 74 get screened with a mammogram every two years the great thing about the ontario breast screening program is that women can self-refer to this program which means they don't need to see their family doctor and obtain a requisition to schedule a mammogram. In Hamilton, Niagara Hall, and Brant region, there are over 25 OBSP clinics. We also have three high-risk centers for women at increased risk for developing breast cancer, either due to, for example, a genetic mutation or a family history that indica- indicates a greater uh, lifetime risk of getting um, breast cancer. On that uh, point, just, I, I hate to interrupt you. Uh, no. Pre-existing, you could, I can just I get that, but if you have a history of that in your family, uh, it, it, should you be tested more often? There are there's some eligibility criteria for the high risk program. Okay. So the Ontario yeah. High Risk Program recommends that women aged 30 to 69 who meet the high risk criteria get screened every year with both mammogram okay. and breast MRI. And what I recommend is listeners please visit our website, which is hnhbscreenforlife.ca. You can find the closest OBSP screening site to you, and you can learn more about your screening eligibility. And whenever in a doubt. Speak with your primary care provider, your family mm-hmm. physician, uh, to see what most you're most eligible for. And then your primary care provider is really important for the two other screening programs. So the Ontario screening pro- Ontario Cervical Screening Program recommends that eligible women get a pap test every three years through their health care provider, like their family doctor or their nurse practitioner. And pap tests, they can detect cancer uh, changes in the cells of the cervix before they become cancerous. And catching those changes early and treating them if necessary, they can pre- that can prevent cervical cancer. 
So pap tests are recommended for women ages 21 to 69 who have ever been sexually active, and they're also recommended for members of the LGBTQ community who were born with the cervix. And then the last program in our in our province, the third program I should say, is the colon cancer check program. And that's a province-wide colon cancer screening program for both men and women. So similar to the Ontario Breast Screening Program, colon cancer check has two arms for cancer screening. There's for average risk, the general population ages 50 to 74, and then there's for increased risk of un- for uh, individuals who have a family history. Bottom line, for average risk individuals, they should speak to their primary care provider to obtain an at-home fecal kit called a FIT test, which stands for fecal immunochemical test. And the FIT test looks for microscopic blood in the stool. That's for the the average risk individuals. But someone who might have a higher risk or family history, someone that has a first-degree relative like a mother or a father or sister brother who's been diagnosed with colon cancer, cancer screening is done through a referral for a colonoscopy. And again, this is where your family provider, family physician is important. You speak to your doctor um, to determine what screening is most appropriate for you. And again, all this information can be found on our website at HNHB Screen for Life. Should people follow that protocol to to the letter in situations, Christy? Somebody may say, listen, you know, I I check for lumps. There's no lumps here. I really don't need a mammogram at this stage. But if, if the schedule says you should, should you go through with it anyway? You should because the whole point of screening is you're feeling healthy. You don't have any symptoms. And so we want to catch it early before you might present with a bump or a lump or some sort of symptom. And that's when cancer's best treated and the best outcomes are likely to occur. And the same thing, I guess, with the colon cancer test as well. Well, I don't see any blood in my... uh, That doesn't mean it isn't there. It just means you can't see it yet. That's right. So, I mean, you err on the side of caution when it comes to any one of these things, because as I've found talking with a number of folks from the from the cancer center or any other specialists, and we've been privileged to have so many of them on the show over the last number of years, uh, the key to all of this and the key to the success that we've had against cancer in the last generation or two is early detection. I mean, it, it, it starts with that, doesn't it? There's been significant advancements. We're catching cancer early, we're treating it early, and then you get better health outcomes and you're living longer with it. Uh, what about those that say, well, I really don't want to go through that. I mean, I know what, you know, my buddy had that, that colon cancer test and I really don't want to go through it. It's, it's uncomfortable or, or, you know, even if it goes to the, the, the extent of a colonoscopy or things of this nature, uh, it, it's especially with men, I find and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm one of them. So, I mean, <laughs> but you know, we, we just seem to have less desire to go through these procedures and, and sadly, uh, you know, they can have you know, some consequences that we may not be too pleased with if we just kind of put it off and put it off and put it off. That's true. And, you know, we're doing our best as a region to help educate individuals on um, what to expect during a screening appointment, what to expect after. And really, you know, it's manageable. It might be a little bit uncomfortable at the moment, but, um, you know, the the long-term gains certainly outweigh the short-term discomfort that some individuals might feel. And really, speak to your family doctor, speak to your primary care provider, your nurse practitioner, learn more um, about what screening is right for you. That's my recommendation for everyone. 
Christy, what about the technology on this? I mean, I know, for instance, with the the colon cancer test uh, some years ago now, uh, there were a lot of concerns about false positives. Uh, and they say, well, we're not sure if the technology is as strong as it could be. Now, I know that there's been ongoing research at McMaster uh, and, and all over the place uh, about this to make sure that, uh, you know, it's better now than it was even a year ago. Are, are, we, are we comfortable with the results and the efficacy of, of the tests? Yes, good point. So last summer, uh, Colon Cancer Check Program rolled out um, a new kit that we moved from an FOBT kit, a fecal occult blood test, to a fecal immunochemical test, which does exactly what you say, increased specificity and efficacy. And basically what it means is if it's positive, it truly is something that requires some further follow-up and investigation. And um, Ontario is, um, you know, a bit of a lagger in terms of other provinces that have already rolled out FIT um, in terms of their organized screening programs for colon cancer. And so we've taken some uh, lessons learned from other provinces, and we're really finding that, um, first of all, it's an easier test to do at home. There's no dietary restrictions uh, compared to the previous FOBT test. Um, It's uh, one stool sample that you collect and you dip the the, um, speculum and you dab and it's a little bit easier to collect, um, which if it's easier to collect, then more people are more likely to actually do the test. So um, all these things are pointing into the right direction that we're seeing more individuals, both men and women, complete the average risk test at home. I'm putting you on the spot here to try to, to rhyme some stats off, but uh, even if you could just give us some generalities about the, uh, the the chances of actually beating cancer as opposed to a few years ago because of early diagnosis. I know that a lot of other times and, and in past generations, I know people, you know, as soon as you heard the word cancer, uh, you just thought, well, that's it. You know, that's we're, we're toast as far as that's concerned. But the recovery rates and, and the cure rates in a number of cancers right now have really risen significantly. That's right. So cancer generally it looks at um, survival based on a five-year interval. And, and overall, for all those three organized screening programs, we are seeing people um, that are diagnosed with cancer at an earlier stage. And like I mentioned earlier, catching it early is the secret to, uh, not not so much of a secret, but it's the, the, the uh, indicator of success for um, successful treatment. Um, so each of those three uh big cancers, I could say, in, in our province, have seen dramatic uh, improvements in terms of uh, life years saved after early diagnosis and treatment. The Again, other I'm going to ter- tell everybody yeah, go to go visit our website to learn more. Exactly. Well, I'm always going to drive them to the website to get all the facts and figures about this and how it can work for them. But, I mean, some of the other cancers would manifest themselves in different ways. A, a melanoma, skin cancer, uh, you can see. I'd say, hey, I better get this looked at. I need to do this. Lung cancer, obviously, you've got some congestion and problems that might lead you to say, maybe I better go see the doctor. But the ones you've just talked about, especially the top three that you've just mentioned here, Christy, uh, we don't see, uh, and we, we can't track what's going on necessarily uh, in those parts of our bodies. So the, the fact that this you know, consistent uh, detection or following a schedule of, of detection and testing like this is really a key to make sure that we, we can nip this in the bud. You've got it. You've got it for sure. So uh, the web page once again? It's www.hnb, sorry, hnhbscreenforlife.ca, and there's a uh, Details about where you can get screened, what to expect during uh, screening appointments, eligibility criteria. I I really encourage all listeners to visit our site, um, and there's contact information if you have further questions and need follow-up. 
And just a, as a as a word of assurance, uh, we we have some of the best specialists, some of the best cancer care anywhere uh, here in the southern Ontario region and southwestern Ontario regions. Uh, if in fact it comes to that, or uh, the other side of that, of course, is you can walk away from the test with the assurance that everything is fine. It's it's better to know that everything is fine than to wonder if everything's fine, isn't it? Certainly, there's a lot of anxiety during that period where you're wondering what the results are, but. Um, you're right. Um, early detection, as I mentioned, re- is, is the best um, course for action. Christy, uh, as always, thank you so much for the time today. I, I just thought it was important to get that out there because it may not be front of mind for an awful lot of people because of all the other stuff that's going on these days, but it's still very, very important. I mean, because we want to make sure that uh, while we're focusing on, on, on a pandemic at this stage right now, uh, we also have to look at the other aspects that can have an impact on our, on our, our health as well. You're right. Appreciate it. Thanks again, Christy. We'll talk soon. Christy uh, McKenzie, of course, the director of the Regional Cancer Program uh, with Hamilton Health Sciences. And, and by the way, there are similar programs in other communities, if you're listening outside of this area, of course, in London, Toronto, and uh, and down the peninsula, uh, to do this as well. And uh, as I mentioned in our conversation, we have done a number of programs about this uh, over the last number of years, uh, about early detection and the different kinds of, of cancer that could impact you. And most of them are are silent. I mean, you don't see them. Uh, they don't necessarily manifest themselves. And uh, early detection has got to be a big part of this. And uh, well, if, and if, in fact, you need further assistance after that, well, we know it's going to be there as well. So uh, do that. And uh, I and uh, my point is legitimate. I mean, I I don't have them in front of me here since we're working at home now. But I mean, statistically, uh, our experts have told us that men seem to be less likely to go through with a lot of these tests. I don't know what the reason why is. I just I don't know if they think we're invulnerable and it's never going to happen to us. I guess that's part of the reason. Or the other one is just because, ah, that's uncomfortable. I don't think I really want to do that. Uh, not doing it and, and letting something that may be developing get uh, worse uh, is a lot less or a lot more uncomfortable than what this thing might be. And it's, it's a minor inconvenience, really. Uh, you know, I've, I've had people even say with the COVID test, oh, I don't want somebody sticking a thing like that up my nose. Well, it's good to know. It's, it's how you detect these things. It's how you find out what's going on in your body. So uh, do it on a regular basis. And I say go to the webpage that, uh, that Christy McKenzie talked to you about, and you can get all the information about that. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.